Hello and welcome to the Total Mental Performance Podcast, the one and only mindset podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs and coaches master their mindset, giving you insider access to industry leaders around their psychology, their campfire stories, and the mindset required to be successful in this business. I'm your host, Kieran O'Neill, mental performance coach and founder of Total Mental Performance, the world's fastest growing specialist mindset service dedicated to the fitness industry. So without further ado, let's lean in and listen. Yes, yes, team. Another episode of the Total Mental Performance Podcast. Today we have a really cool guest. It's a mate of mine, Tony. Whenever he pops into Dubai, we always meet up. We always have great conversations. He is a content creator. He's built a very successful fitness business. He has built a very successful property portfolio and, and business there. And on top of that, he is the leader of the coaches mentorship. Tony, mate, welcome to the Total Mental Performance Podcast. Yeah, that made it sound impressive. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. I think it's good that we're recording this because me every time we come out, we always end up with a light conversation and then it goes down sort of these deep rabbit holes. And then we're like, there was so much value in that that it's nice to actually get this recorded because I don't know where this is going to go, but I, I, I always get a ton of value and so do you. So it's nice to get this shared. So yeah, no, everything's been really, really good with me. I'm out now till Saturday. I have to go home for a little bit of business uh, for houses and that. And then at the end of the year, I'll be back out a lot more, but I've got Spain and stuff in between. But no, everything's been really, really good. I can't complain at all. I'm very interested to see what route you want to take this. Yeah, well, what is the point of the Total Mental Performance Podcast? It's really, really simple. People will look up to people in this industry and they'll assume, yeah, but they've got it nailed. Or yeah, but they, they were just always like that or it's always been an easy journey in order to get there, or they don't struggle with things. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. <laughs> well, firstly, nobody looks up to me. I'm five foot, fuck all. <laughs> and secondly, everybody is winging it completely. I don't care who you are. I've seen under the bonnet of the hood of every, everything. Like, you know yourself, whenever you work with people that are su super successful, you see them for what they truly are, and you're like, oh, you're like me. You're an idiot. You, you have not got things to fully together. You're like... This is relaxing. It's like, I love whenever somebody turns around to me. I remember this distinctly, and it's whenever people turn around to during uni, and they go, what are you going to do after uni? And everybody's got their degrees picked, and they know their jobs. And I used to love when somebody turned around to me and go, I have no clue. And I'd be like, great, because I have no clue either. And it's one of them things where it's the same of where we're all going. Yes, you can have a general direction, and you think it's going that way. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with five, ten-year plans, but nobody wants to know where they end up either. So I actually enjoy the fact, like, if somebody showed me a path and goes, this is you in ten years, I'd be like, that's great to see. I don't want that because it's predictable, and I'd rather roll the dice. So I've sort of been like that the entire time. But, yeah, no way. Uh, bit, bit of a different answer there. But, yeah, no, things are... It, it, it's a bit all over the shot with me in terms of some things are going great, and then I think life just throws curveballs at you, do you know? For example, like everything can be moving forward and then you'll just get slapped with something. And I think, as you said, it's nice to open up somebody's life and go, oh, there's shit that they still struggle with. Like, I still struggle with insecurities. I was doing therapy there for a long time period. I've had a relationship breakdown there in the last six months. That was together for six years. So there's so many layers there that do add up. And even with businesses, I think everybody gets their doubts. Everybody gets their issues. And it's nice for somebody to turn around because I will get a lot of the, the people that I mentor listening to this, but they know because I find relatability one of the strongest points because if you go through a challenge, then it shows you've walked the walk. There's If your life is hunky-dory, then the, people can't relate whenever they get a hard time, whereas I can be like, my life's probably a little bit tougher, so then if I manage to do this, why can't you? Do you know what I mean? I struggle to trust people where they have this sort of veneer finish of, yep, everything's great, yep, everything's great. You, you've known somebody for two, three, four, five years, and they've always been great, because 
there's a level of inauthenticity there. I mean, with my clients, when somebody asks me, how are you? I'll tell them straight. Yeah, I'm slightly stressed. I'm slightly underslept. I'm slightly stressed. And I've got a lot on my plate in relation to, to projects. I'm loving work. Probably need to rest up a little bit more. And that's me. And I go, oh, well, you, you, you get overwhelmed too. I'm like, this isn't going to go away. Because if you're going to build big stuff, overwhelm's going to happen. If you're going to try and scale and grow, things aren't going to go your way. So I always find that just being brutally upfront and being like, this is where I'm at. And if things are amazing, no, things are genuinely amazing. Do you know what's good with that, referring back to your point? I think what's nice and refreshing is the fact that you're not lying to yourself. Whenever you lie to somebody else and you bluff them, you're actually bluffing yourself. <laughs> so I feel like you going, I'm not stressed, I'm not overstretched. It actually tells yourself, I'm not overstretched. And then you start to almost subconsciously take on more. Mm. Versus you saying that I think sometimes makes you, makes you almost pause and go, right, well, what am I doing to fix that? Versus if you go, no, for a long time I used to say to people, I don't burn out. I just keep working for it. Mm. And then I realized that I wasn't burning out, but I was burning out other things in my life, like my relationship, my family time, maybe sacrificing other things. And I was like, I'm not burning out. I'm absolutely fine. But I was like, I am literally burning everything around me not mm. to burn out. And I think that's interesting if you get me, because it relates back to that you're reaffirming it and then allows you to reflect. And that's why it's probably the one thing that I've got from... I've really done a lot of lately and it's made such a big difference is actually reflecting on like what's went good over the week what's not what can I improve what can I move forward because you do it around New Year's it's such a good productive time but nobody does it all year round and yes you can journal on that but I just find always asking myself like where can it be a little bit better what's not going well and then just reflect on that and you can just usually just nudge your life in the right direction then from that because I usually find that that's the main issue the main issue isn't it's, it's self-awareness of your issues, if that makes sense. Because for a long time, I didn't realize what was the issues with I was struggling with until I sat down and talked to somebody and figured out, like, all oh, right, shit is breaking. Why is this? Hmm. Well, that's course correction versus pivoting. You don't need to do a full 180 if you can just course correct as, as you go. For me, the way that I course correct is I just have lots of one-to-one -one mentors. I just have people in my corner that hold up a mirror and say, careful, buddy, you're about yeah. to walk into this trap. And then I go, oh, yeah. I am about to walk into that trap. Okay, if he's in my shoes, how would you avoid that trap? And then they go, I would do this. And when you have a really solid boardroom around you of mentors or people that can hold up that mirror, it saves you a lot of time. It saves you a lot of energy. And that's one of the most important. Like in time and energy are two most important assets. But my friend, one of my close friends lost uh, somebody very close to them recently and they knew they were going to pass and they wrote them a book and they wrote like quotes and stuff. And the person wrote to my friend this, and I think it really is such a good... And Because I know this sounds... There's more weight in it because that person's dead mm -hmm. now. I know that sounds... But there is more weight in the word. And he said, you'll be following the map with your head down, following the map in a direction and just continually going that way. And he goes, this will happen for years and it'll be the right direction whenever you started walking. But at any point, whenever you're walking, if you don't look up, you could go... I'm walking the fucking wrong way. I don't even mm. like this path anymore. And that's whenever you need to look up. Some people start the walk when they're 18, go into uni, follow the path, and don't look up until they're 40 and then go, I'm fucking miserable. Mm. Versus if you can look up every couple of weeks, months, you have a better chance of turning around and going, well, I've been going left the last year. And it felt right. And it was right at the time. It's not right now. A really good example is, see, the last while, I felt this real need for like stability. I felt like this real need after everything fucked up for me to an extent on the back end i was like i need like a home i need security so like i bought a like i have i've have a good amount of property at home but i bought a house for myself and got the keys three month process started picking out furniture uh, didn't buy any and i w w went into the house and i was like 
I don't want to live here. And I was like, I'm going to go traveling. So I started renting the house. And the thing is, people would be like, nuts, absolute cream crackers. But the thing is, I looked up and goes, this isn't what I want mm. anymore. It was the right move at the time. And some people say, wasn't sure. That's what I wanted. But now I've got it. I'm like, doesn't mean I have to stick with it. Yeah. I just rent that now. And there's no stress. Whereas people end up buying things and then their things end up owning them. Like their mortgage, their car. You can never be afraid to let go of that. And like my, like people would think, oh, well, why do you buy a house there? But the thing is, I bought that house. It's security. It's not going to lose me money. And it's one of the things of, if I was to sit there just out of stubbornness, because I've walked this path, I haven't corrected myself and followed to who I want to be or where I want to go or what I want to do now. Well, that's about changing your mind. Yeah. And it's okay to change your mind. Aubrey Marcus, I always come back to this example. He he did it he, he did it so beautifully. He wrote a whole book on polyamory. You're wondering what polyamory is. It's basically relationships where there are more than one person involved. It's more than two people involved. So you, you might have a third person, a fourth person, a fifth person. Does you this count as like uh, another partner or do you mean like a kid and a mom and a dad? Uh, another partner. Oh Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah, no kids involved, but there might be another. Pa- might be two or three other partners. Right. There is some polyamorous relationships. There's like five or six people involved. Very complex. That might be emotionally. That might be sexually. That might be both. Jesus Christ! Right. So he went down that path. It's hard enough keeping up with one person. Right. So get this. He wrote a whole book on it. He wrote an entire book on polyamory is the future. This is the way that it's going. Did the whole thing, and then he changed his mind. Oh. And now he's got his partner. And his wife, and he's now written a book on that. And he put his hands up. He literally said, "Guys, look, I wrote the whole book on this. I did this. I did. I got it published. I put all of these different things. Um, but I changed my mind because I now have more information, and off I've gone. And his ego and his stubbornness and his fear could have kept him in that. In that, oh, it's got to be this way. Because oh, I've written a book on it now. It's been published. Versus him going, I changed my mind. And I think some people are a little bit too rigid." Yeah, and they don't adapt to their identity because your identity is always evolving day by day, week by week, month by month. And then they get stuck in this old identity and they cling on to this idea and this ego as to who they are. So then when new information comes in, instead of them just pivoting and going, you know what, I changed my mind and that's okay, they get stuck. It's because they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to feel like they've lived a lie. But I think actually evolving and going, I'm not the person I used to be. I'm not the same person that made their mistakes. I've learned, I've moved. I feel like that's so vital as a human because for me, if you're really going to move forward, it's like if you're building your business and you have a lot of coaches that listen to this, like what brought you from zero to 5K is not going to bring you from 5K to 10K months and what brought you from 10 to 20s isn't going to bring you to 50s. It's the same as what brings you from 18 to 23 is not the same skill, emotional Mm. availability, the headspace that's going to bring you a happiness at 30. So like you will evolve because like, for example, when you're 25, you probably aren't thinking of like, having a family or you aren't thinking of getting married you're thinking about you what you want to do your career but when you're 37 you're maybe thinking more along the lines of that stuff it doesn't mean that you were wrong when you're 25 you just evolve over the problem is people keep this identity of where they were it kept me in the fire service for a long time whenever i was firefighting the hardest part for me to leave wasn't the security it wasn't anything to do with that it was the fact that I saw myself as this like pillar of the community, like this good person because I was a firefighter. Like I remember meeting people and my mum would introduce me, but like, this is Tony, he's a firefighter. And you'd roll out the red carpet and they'd literally get down and be like, Jesus Christ, this this man's a hero. And I remember then getting introduced to people. My mum would be like, this is Tony, he's a, he's a coach. And the PT, and the, you'd swear they're about to start spitting on you. <laughs> the, do you know what I mean? They look at you like you're going to try and have sex with a girlfriend. So it's one of them things where it's quite interesting because the identity can box you off. And the problem is I actually probably make more of an impact now in people's lives 
than I did firefighting. Although I don't get me wrong, I saved you in your panic button. A lot of the time now, I get to sort like the best way I can explain it is I get to prevent rather than cure now, which for me is really important. I don't know where people would be without it then, and that's that's the same with everything. Like I like to be the catalyst for change rather than the cure. If let's, that, let's, if, let's follow that back. Yeah, go ahead. What what do you want to go into? Give me the context of your childhood that we need to understand for us to understand who Tony is today. Oh, really, really, not simple, but I've dived into this so much because I find how I operate very weird. Uh, so the best way, I can, not weird, just different. So the best way I can explain it is uh, I think I always wanted somebody to be that catalyst for me. I always wanted like that savior in my life. I wanted that person because like I was loner in school, got bullied, got picked on, all that there. But at the same time, see when I look back at all that, I also sort of analyze that and I go, was I bullied or was I just sensitive? Like, that's completely on perception. Two two kids, mm. me and another one, could get the same treatment and he could just go, that is just childhood and general banter. And I'm maybe a soft touch and took it to heart. So he might end up, nor- like, whatever, but I ended up being very, wanting to be by myself, didn't like to communicate, kept, uh, didn't feel as confident. It, and I don't think that's anybody else's fault. It's just how I perceived the situation at the time. It wasn't any. So I ended up very close as a family unit. And I think at a stage, I relied quite a lot on like my mum and my dad and my sister. So we're all very, very close because I didn't have a large friend group, especially until like I was older. So it's one of the things where like I always wanted this, like almost this person to swoop in and tell me like, it's going to be okay. This is what you need to do. And then Joe, you'll get more financial freedom. You'll get better headspace. You'll feel purpose you'll feel your potential coming forward versus i always felt like i had loads of potential but i felt like how do i get it like it it felt like it was just out of reach and then i never had anybody take me there i had to do it myself and for me i love being that person to somebody else because i know how much i wanted that whenever i was 16 18 i remember coming out of uni when i was 22 i had literally done drugs i'd say every day for three or four months my head was mush felt real low felt like a loser just didn't feel good And I would have loved if I could have signed up with that coach that like I was like, I fully have faith in them to fix my life. Mm. Uh, Just tell me blunt truths because I'm a very blunt individual. Like if you're fucking about it, I'll just tell you straight. Like I'm very black and white. Like there's no gray with me. I'm just blunt with coaching, with mentorship, with property. It's just everything's black and white. There's no gray. And it's one of the things where I always wanted that. So I think I've naturally became that because that is where I've got the most fulfillment in my life. So I feel like I can give that the most to them. So like being the catalyst to change with other people. I know the difference that me doing all this work has had on my family. For example, like we're holding a mentorship event in Marbella, you're coming to it. And the week after, for example, like I'm all my family's coming out for 10 days, holidays. I'm paying for everything. It's covered. See the quality of life that gives me, never mind them, given to them. But the fact that I know whenever I mentor somebody, they're making better money and their values are in the right place, their headspace is right. They're going to be able to do that for their family and get the same feeling that I do. And their family gets that as well. That for me is like the true bliss whenever I see something like that because I'm like, I'm not just changing your life, I'm changing your families and that is like the biggest, most important thing in my life. Does that make... Yeah, yeah I can see that connection. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's very... So let's follow that thread. So we've got Pull it. a kid that feels slightly bullied and that's quite an interesting concept. What concept but thought is the sensitivity part. Um, I don't know if you're... Perception any... yeah. of bullying. I, I honestly think that is all life is though. Like of like if you think about it you go oh, i got bullied and i got picked on but the more i analyze it the more i'm like i think i probably got a little bit more than most 
but at the same time, there's definitely people who probably got a harder touch that were just harder kids, you know, maybe got were used to it. Yeah. Whereas I've I maybe got mothered too much or looked after too much and felt like oh, you know, cotton wooled. Yeah, but kids are black and white. Kids don't think in the grey. As yeah. adults, we think in the grey and we go, oh, okay, was it, was it or not? But when we look at sense, emotional sensitivity, a lot of our clients are emotionally sensitive. They are often, a lot, a lot of them are on spectrums. ADHD, ASD, um, all of our team are pretty much on the spectrum, um, which is great because it has a lot of talents and it enables you to do things that many other people can't. But at the same time, that emotional sensitivity is a, is a big piece. And if you're more emotionally sensitive and you're listening to that, you've got to learn to accept that. You've got to learn to own that. You've got to build frameworks around that because that's okay. What's not okay is letting that trigger you and run right around the world. But that, that's quite an interesting point I wanted to pick up on. So we've got emotionally sensitive, lots going on. Then you've gone into university and you really pushed there. Was that when you went into the fire service after that? Or was yeah, that before? I went into the fire service after university, yeah. Uh, I just, I always done like, I sort of done fitnesses like a little bit. I done fitness for free, just for friends, just coaching them online just for free years and years ago and I don't like beach lifeguarding so everything was built around like helping people like coaching lifeguarding and then firefighting just sort of felt in because like it's like a lifeguard and it's like an emergency services it falls under so I applied in a wing and because uh, I was like I'll just go for it because I don't know what I want to do I don't want to teach and I'd done a degree in sports science which was like pissing in the fucking wind I may as well just pissing a welly but because uh, it was that shite and that's just maybe a blunt, no real world application for me personally, apart from reading research articles. So applied for the fire service, went in there, and out of 8,000 uh, applied for it the year I went, I scored somewhere in the top 28. But it was just because I just worked really hard at that one thing. Like I just worked really hard at the interview process. I remember flying back for the interview. And they just said that you, uh, you have an interview, It's between there's a hot 250 interviews. That's how many it's down to. And they sent me the email on the th- Wednesday. I was in Athens on my holiday. And they were like, your interview is Friday morning. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. And at the time, uh, me and my girlfriend, she was like, you're probably going to leave that, you know. And I literally just goes right out of my way here. So I just got a flight straight back, flew in for the interview. And I remember saying in the interview, I was like, they goes, why should we pick you? And I was like, nobody has flew from Greece for this to fly back tonight mm. and they were like what and I was like I'm going back out that's how much I want this so they scored me quite high and then when I got in the fire service I was already sort of in love with fitness at that stage and it was sort of the discipline of like anybody that's listening to this coaching will know this right whenever you you kneel your first transformation or your first shape or you get in good nick you build that discipline muscle the fact of like if I stick at something for long enough and it, it's going to work so I knew that would happen with the fire service I knew that would happen with business so I just kept applying that same principle of if I keep working hard enough for long enough of this, it'll work. So I don't know for fitness. I don't know for the fire service. Then I don't know for property. I don't know for it. Just it rolls over for me. But yeah, like I don't. The fire service just sort of happened. It was a very fulfilling job for me. It made a really big difference in my life. There's nothing more of a buzz than when you're run into a burning building and it's persons reported and you're getting told there's three people in there possibly and it's pitch dark. And you're just going into try and save lives. It is quite intense, but it's absolutely blissful. I know it sounds a bit hardcore, but there's nothing quite like it. How do you deal with that? Because I've coached some special forces guys or ex-soldiers. And that's something we often talk about is that they find it hard. There's a level of excitement. And I think men need excitement. Men need challenge. They need danger. They need shit that could go very wrong to keep them on their toes. But what they've always found is helping them get back to the same level of dopamine levels takes a long time to get to that same level of thrill and sometimes they have to accept 
you're not going to get that again. You're never going to get that again. You're not getting it again. I've, I like. I think I would need to jump out of a plane constantly get the same buzz. But you see, in terms of coping with it, like it, it, people are like, "Oh, I couldn't do it." You can do it. It's just a skill. It's just repetition. Like the first time I run into a burning building, I shit myself, and you be tripping over yourself. The twentieth time you do it, you're far better. The fiftieth time, it just becomes reflex. Like when the alarm goes off at night, you don't shit yourself and be like, "Holy fuck!" You wake up and it's just routine. Then you know you're not even panicking. Versus the first call you are. But as you said, like, there's no point in me trying to replicate that dopamine hit. It's like a heroin addict trying to replicate it by taking cre- sniffing creatine. It's not, it's just, it's just not going to be the same for them. So it's one of the things where you just have to accept that that was a part of my life, wasn't my whole life. And that's very important because whenever I came to quit the fire service, uh, it, it got to a stage where I, I knew what way my life would go staying on and I didn't know what way it would go without it. So I, I rolled the dice and was like, I'm just going to give this a whirl without it because I know exactly how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a big fan of like, I'd rather say maybe you shouldn't have done that than I played it safe. That yeah, is not the sort of individual I am. I'm the same. I'm exactly the same boat. And that can be quite hard because there's a difference between giving up and moving on. And I don't think people don't understand what that is. They think, oh, I can't possibly quit. I can't possibly quit. We look in the coaching world. There's a lot of online coaches that probably should be on the gym floor PTs because they're happier there. And that's going to get more, a lot more done for them. On the flip side, there's loads of online offline pts that should be in the online world they're smart they're capable they have the abilities that they need in order to build all of those systems but they're scared just chained they're chained by their not their their own self-limited beliefs but they're also just chained by their routines and their habits and mm. no reflection or driving force in terms of like somebody pulling them or somebody going and like this is where you can go this is just that's holding you back and i think it's always really nice like that's the thing i like to say about me being a catalyst I always love turning around to people and be like, I can see the potential for this. Like, we have a client and uh, he's called Daniel and he's doing really, really well with us. And I was like, how are you, like, what do you want to do in the next six, 12 months? And he was explaining it to me and I was like, if I told you you could do whatever you want, and he was like, speak on, and he completely changed. He goes, I want to speak on stage. And I was like, then don't tell mm. me about coaching numbers. Tell me what you want and we'll go there. Because I goes, I can see that for you. Like, I can see that. that like, that's the reason I asked that question because, it didn't sound like you were like nervous around it. Whereas like it sounded nervous whenever he said that because he was like, oh, excited about it. Like, does this person believe me? And I was like, that's exactly the way it should go. So for me, that potential driver is very, very key because then when somebody else sees it in you and they're not afraid to say it, it builds your own faith in yourself. Well, we need people to believe in us when we don't believe in ourselves. Yeah, which is very difficult to get because you can tell who's bullshitting you whenever it's like that or not. You know, you can really see if somebody's got your got your corner or not or if they're bluffing you, especially in the mentor side of things. Like, sure, you know that from the mindset side. Like, I can tell when somebody's just, like, replying for replying. It's like, mm. I'm very key on, like, I only really reply, like, twice a day at Atlantis. I do one shift in the morning and one shift at night, like, maybe 30, 40 minutes. But when I go in there, I'm yep, like, in. I'm fucking locked in. Mm. I'm not standing in line at Tesco, fucking packing a bag, just going to answer this voice note for the sake of answering it. That is useless. Give me one minute of good energy rather than four minutes of you waffling shit. Yeah. That's all I need. I'm not worried about time. I always use the analogy of like, who's better, the plumber that can fix your sink in 30 minutes or three? The plumber that can fix it in three, so give me the three minutes. It's not about time, it's about fixing problems. Yeah, bit of a weird mm. one there. But yeah, that's the way I focus on everything. I'm very speed orientated. Yeah, and the point we got to there was um, the difference between giving up and moving on. And I remember when I left boxing, even though I was going to go pursue an incredible software sales career in the city, which was amazing, um, I remember sitting in my car crying and going, my Olympic dream's over. And it was like, it was only in that moment when I said goodbye to my coach and I said goodbye to the boys. And it was like, right, that's done. 
And at the time, I perceived that as giving up. But actually looking at it now, it was moving on. And I think there's a big difference between giving up and moving on. And that wasn't serving me. Yeah, have you heard the Shea LaBeouf interview with... Oh, I forget his name. If you look it up, it's outside of Wooden Cowan. Have you seen that? No. I think I've seen the reels. I haven't seen the actual uh, interview. And he says, and now he's been around for a load of shit, and he does say that sometimes to become new, a part of you has to die. So, like, you have to to go, I'm moving on. But you can't move on and still hold these ideologies, these thought processes. That part of you actually needs to die. You need to bury that. Like, I mean... Go, that is that done. If I was still turning around going, oh, well, I might go back to firefighting. I might go, there's these like ties. It's like relationships that We don't call it the umbilical cord. You yeah. have to cut the umbilical cord. Yeah. And that might be a big, thick umbilical cord. It might just be a little one. There might be other ones. You got to cut them the umbilical cord. Exactly. It's like relationships go on breaks or it, it's, it's these things where there's like the doors left slightly open. And as long as the door is open, I don't, don't like quoting faith, but like God's not going to open the window. He's not going to open another door for you because you still have one door open. You need to close the door fully to move into the next room. And I do feel like it's very much like that. You have to go, I'm getting rid of, I'm burying this. I'm with it. I'm burying my routines, the habits, the behaviors, the thought processes. That version of me is dead and I am moving on. I'm not giving up. I'm actually burying this motherfucker because I have to evolve to Grieving move forward. It. Yeah, ex- you have to grieve that identity loss. Yes, exactly. And that there's going to be pros and cons that you're going to go, oh, like whenever you're 25, you're going to go, well, I'm, like for me, whenever I was 25, like I started to grow, like even now, really, I started goes like, I need to stop winging things just as much. I need a little bit more forward thinking planning. I can't just wing things just as much with traveling. I need my own space. So I was like, that wee bit of like a, but like I only feel like I'm really turning into like a man now the last 18 months and I feel like I'm burying that side of the child you know where like I'm like all that like ease and stuff is gone now and it's it's a case of I miss things like that because there's less not less stress but there's probably more carefree more relaxed I'm still young whereas I'm I'm turning 28 now so it's one of the things where I'm like not that I need to get shit sorted by any means I feel like I've got a lot in check but there's parts that I'm gonna miss but there's parts I'm looking forward to, and that's just like the evolution of life. It's as you move forward, and it's all perception, where people almost look back and go, school was the best day of my life. This was the best day. These were the best times. That's all wank. There's, it's just, as I said before, perception and how you move forward and what you're looking at. But I do like that idea of you have to bury the motherfucker that you were to move forward. Otherwise, you're always going to be some state of that person, and then you're never going to get to evolve into where you need to go because you're going to have these, you're going to carry these wee routines and habits and all that muck with you and then you're never going to get to where you need to go on any level if that's relationship emotionally business wise i see it all the time with people especially when they're making money especially whenever they're trying to go from like five to 15 gay the 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 routines the habits the behaviors the rituals the mindset even the coaching all of it is like the same as it was a fight you're not going to get to where you want to go with that shit you have to go, this fucker is dead. These routines are dead. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like the next level, but to do it, you have to really go for it. It's interesting. And the reason that that hurts is because you're saying goodbye to parts of you that no longer serve you. Yeah, and, and you that, have to be honest with yourself. Hurts. Yeah, you do. You have to go, ah, like, it's like, as much as I don't love this, like, oh, you have to get up at 5 a.m. and grind, well, or if you go to sleep at 5 a.m. But a case of, like, for me, getting up super early, just helps me be more on top of things so the idea of sleeping in like 8 a.m 7 a.m for me that's a routine that i had whenever my property business was like in the infancy stage now that i'm trying to get it from like multi seven figures to eight figures like 
I always I always ask myself this, and I think it's a really good I think it's a really good uh, tip I got whenever I went to D Martini, and he was like, just like your body, right? Whenever you want a six pack, you have to eat good, train good, have the habits, the routines, the rituals of somebody with a six pack, and then three to six months later, you get a six pack. If you want an eight figure property business like the way I want to build mine from multi seven. I can't act like a 15-year-old sleeping in. I, I have to have the habits. I have to have the routines. I have to have the behaviors. And that goes for coaches that are listening to. If you want to make 100 grand a year, 200 grand, 500 grand, how does that individual act? And then when you start following them, you start going, that makes sense, right? Well, that person probably doesn't sit and scroll on Instagram. That person probably has team, delegates, looks after their headspace, has a mentor, has a mindset. And then you start to go, I have none of this shit in order. And then it, the problem is you have to take that faith, just like you hiring a coach, somebody hiring you, you have to take that leap and put in all the groundwork and have this blind faith that it's going to come through for you because you're working so hard, it's going to. The only reason that people don't make that leap is because the, they don't have the work ethic to carry them. And that is the only reason. It's like they'll say it's not the right time. or the, But the thing is, there's never a right time, but you might just prioritize something else. Like if you're prioritizing a wedding, a relationship, your family, or you don't want to scale, there's nothing wrong with it. But I think the idea of people bluff themselves then that like, oh, it's just not the right time. It is the right time for all these things, but you only have so much time to give. You're just prioritizing it to elsewhere. Like it was never the right time for me to push business ever. But I just picked that because that's what I really wanted. And yes, relationships suffered. Yes, family life suffered for a long time. Yes, other parts like my social life for a long time period. But that was my choice. And I think whenever you actually are aware of the choice, you don't get as frustrated then. You you don't play the victim like, oh, it's just not, this is not right for me. No, I I pretty much made the choice. I don't want to bluff myself about it. Well, that's if you genuinely want it or you don't want it. And that's one thing that frustrates me is sometimes in TMP we have really difficult, well, all, most of our conversations are pretty difficult, but some of them are, hang on, you're telling me you want, x business or you want y or you want z but the reality is you don't want that because you are not behaving your way there yeah you don't believe if it's a belief issue it's different but if it's a belief issue they're willing to run in towards the belief issue in order to get to the thing but a lot of people kid themselves as to what they actually want so then what happens is they say they want a thing because they've seen lots of other people pursuing it, the same goal but they haven't actually looked internally and go well what do i want out of life what change do i want to make in the world what how do i want to live so they kind of live on this false premise of and it's something we say to a lot of coaches is you are not a revenue number, yet they get attached to a revenue number. Oh, and that's their yeah. whole identity is I'm an XK a month coach. So, no, you're not. You're Bill. You've got a wife. You've got kids. you got this. you got this. you got this. You're more than that. But I think what happens is people get attached to goals because they don't actually know what they want and then they just they just it's just that they're, they're bullshit themselves money yeah. more, nine times out of ten i couldn't agree more i've been in i've been in mentorships where all there is is i had a 20k month i had a 30k month i had a 40k month and don't get me wrong we have people in our mentorships the whole way up to 110k months right which is great but the thing is see the person hit the 110k is still a good person good family life good relationships everything's in order versus i remember people putting in like 20k months in the mentorship groups before i was in and then hit, I knew them and they were hitting 3k the next month but that wasn't getting posted and then you're looking at these 20k months and you're getting warped you're mm -hmm. feeling like I'm not good enough I'm not hitting next time and on top of that you don't know what their expenses are what's their profit mm -hmm. margin how much of that is profit versus turnover because I remember somebody being like oh they made 45 grand but there was two of them in the business and their expenses were 25 grand so they actually made 12 and a half each and I was like well that's not that 
mental. But the thing is, the 45K sounds very holy fuck. Mm. And then the problem is, when this is getting idolized in our communities, our thought processes, our goals, chasing money's everything, status. And that's what society is now. As much as you don't want to, people don't want to admit it. Like, you look up, like, see the difference in respect. And this is me being straight. The difference in respect I get from somebody now whenever they look me up on Instagram and say, say I bump into you and you go, look, give me your Instagram, I'll look you up. See the difference somebody looks at me when I had 5,000 followers versus when they look me up now and I have 110. It's like, whoa, you're a big date. Mm. I'm like, I'm still the same dickhead. <laughs> I'm still the same belly that does cartwheels on his Instagram and has a fucking nudity bands. But yet somehow this gives me some false sense of authority. Uh, same with the money. Like people go multi-seven-figure business, property business. Doesn't mean I'm on a different level. It means I'm on the exact same level. The problem is people start placing uh, followers, money, uh, how attractive you are, and you start almost hierarchying yourself towards I'll t- this. I tell you what, it's really funny you bring that up. Today, I have actually, I, I very rarely get an internet beef. Very rarely. I don't have the time to entertain it. But there's a, a psychology influencer, and can we get a name? I'll, I'll tell you after. Oh, I'm real land now. I'm, I'm not, I'm not somebody that calls people out publicly. But the piece of content that sh- that they put out was, depression in men is simply unfulfilled potential. And I thought that oh, is no. so fucking dangerous. <laughs> that's what I said. I just come out. I said, I think uh, I said, look, it's a nice sentiment, but you know that's very much 1990s cheesy American lifestyle coaching. If you told me, don't worry, mate. When I when I, I suffer with depression, I try to take my own life. If you told me, don't worry, mate, you just got unfulfilled potential. Uh, that wouldn't have helped me. And then um, and then she went on my page. She goes, judging on your page, it looks like you're just living on unfulfilled potential. And I said, that's interesting. What are you basing that on? Uh, and she goes, well, you clearly haven't got a presence online, blah, 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 blah. And she says I'm, she's a one-to-one oh, coach off. for men, right? So, yeah, right. So I was like, well, that, that's interesting. Well, if you'd actually done your homework, we've actually coached hundreds of men directly on these topics. And instantly in that, in that moment, she looked at the amount of followers that we had and then actually look at the organization, the company that we've got, and it instantly got dispelled, you know? It's just fr- not frustrating. I love the uh, Stephen Bartlett and Jimmy Carr podcast about depression. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it. And Jimmy Carr says, oh, yeah, 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 Jimmy yeah. Carr says one line that I always use, and it really hits home. And anybody that's listened to me before will say it. It's because uh, whenever I, I went to therapy because I, I thought I was depressed, I was like, oh, do you know what? I woke up and I was, wasn't feeling good. Mm. And Jimmy Carr said this, and it completely sussed out for me. The problem is most people are getting confused of what is depression and what is sadness. So... Mm. Depression is if all your problems got cured tomorrow, doesn't matter. Everything is still black and white and gloomy and doesn't matter. If you've got money issues and they're solved, you're still depressed, you're still unhappy. If you got a breakup and you got back together with them, you're still depressed, you're still unhappy. Sadness is that if you had a problem that is then fixed, you're no longer sad and you're back no. to normal. So for example, if you have a breakup and you go, I'm now depressed, you're not depressed. You're, just sad. you're sad because yeah. you had a breakup. And that will take time to heal, but that will move forward. Depression is obviously your molecules in the mm-hmm. brain and all that. So I think that, for me, is the best way to understand it because if you've never had depression, you can be like, oh, I get slight bouts, but the actual difference is that. And I think it's a very tricky topic if you're not used to it. I think everybody does go through spells of feeling poor. Well, this is where that argument was going. She was like, show me a man who's got a great body, a great job, uh, and a great relationship, 
uh, and is depressed. They don't exist. And I'm like, I've literally coached about 50 dudes like that. I have literally coached and met so many people That's that are in that space. It's because then people are usually depressed and then think then things are going to solve your internal issues. Well, it's no, like, there is such thing as high function depression. Yeah, well, also, like, when you artificially inflate the outside, you depress the inside. So yeah. whenever you buy a Lamborghini, you get abs, you get massive Instagram following, you start thinking, these things are going to cure me. And as you as you cure them, like, as you get them one by one, like, a really good example is, like, I got in shape, got a whack of money, got a good coaching business, got a property business, got my dream car, uh, everything, family, girlfriend. And as I collected these things, like I always felt like somehow they would change me. And the funniest thing is any issue I've had has always been internal. And usually when I sit down with a cup of tea in my garden, I, I sort the problem quite easily with talking to my mom, having a cup of tea. And the funniest thing is like, whereas you think sometimes you're worth your value, your problems are going to be solved from external things, but all your internal problems can only be solved internally. They can't be solved from outside. It makes absolutely no sense. But versus the problem is, people think it does like you your self-worth is not going to be changed by driving a lamborghini it's not going to be changed by earning 20k months you might think it will but trust me i've been there i've hit the 50s the 60s the 70s and what happens is and that like that's from a fitness business perspective and all that does is make you go what's next what's next hungry because you think that more of that's going to solve whereas when you sit and take you take a look in and as you said Whenever you find out what you're chasing and the reason why, it usually gives you more fuel. Like, for example, everything I do is family-based, really. And I've noticed that since I went from an insecurity bias of, like, getting driven by not being good enough, always wanting more, Joe, this needs to prove that I'm worthy, to where I almost feel like I'm doing it for other people now. I notice that I don't run on negativity, hate, and I also find that I get more done, more productive, I have a better quality of life because I fix that internal problem with therapy, with counselling, with time. Versus if i never done that, I'd still be moving forward, but I'd be moving forward using, like, feeling, like, negative. Well, this is where we talk about dark energy and light energy. And dark energy, I think, is really good when you're starting out because yes. you, you need you need that. You kind of need that darkness to it's push you to almost inhuman levels of output in yep. order to get the flywheel rolling. But when you get to that level, most of the coaches I work with uh, or entrepreneurs, they have teams. They're, they're much further ahead. So that old identity that old them operating out of darkness isn't going to unlock the next level of living so that's what i feel like i buried that's why i feel like i buried very recently probably about 12 months ago i feel like the insecurity of not being good enough more money all that was that dark feel like i used to have a folder my phone called hate and people will know this and i used to have about 1200 photos and videos of any abuse i got any negative comments and i would screenshot them have them there and whenever i struggled for no whenever i hit a block of work I would go in there and read that or if I struggled to hit a set and go in and read that and get fueled up. I would actually love it. Mm. I haven't dipped into that in about six to 12 months now because I find that I don't want to run off that. And as I said before, you can't go over to this level from there. And as you said, light energy when utilized is far better. But the problem is you want to use the dark at the start because it does push you hard. But I feel like whenever you need clear thoughts rather than just fuel. Yeah, well, it's it's vision. love love and light versus darkness and uh, scarcity and darkness insecurity yeah yeah and look you're never gonna you never get to this place where i only operate in the light now you're gonna oscillate between the light and the dark and the light and the dark and everything's fine and then someone goes and murders your dog it's like fucking hell what the what the fuck dark energy comes back in so you gotta you gotta process that you gotta use that you can put it into there and then you get back to the uh, the light and abundance and then somebody dies or somebody breaks into your house and then yeah. it's, oh, right, there's, there's always going to be this oscillation it's never just i'm in the light now but if you can operate the majority of your 
depending on where you are in your, in your career, if you're stuck right at the early beginning, use that dark, use whatever fucking fuel you need in order to move the needle forward. Once you get past that place of scarcity or even just trying to keep your head afloat and you're in a space of actually I've, I've got that room in that space, that's where you start to breathe psychologically, emotionally and go, oh. Okay. Yeah, it's usually whenever you start bringing in other players into the team and you have to delegate, like, for coaches, that's probably around, like, 15, 20k months. That's when you start to need that, like, change and shift in mentality. Otherwise, you end up trapped between, like, 20s and 30s or 15s and 30s or 10s and 30s. But to go to, like, 30s to 60s to 70s, that's when you need that, like, clear thought process and that is very difficult to get otherwise. Was there anything else you wanted to dive into on, like, any other levels or...? Well... We've kind of just driven the car. Yeah, we have, lane, but I have more time. Lane. So I just wanted to see, was there anything you want to touch on? I know that's quite like... Give ooh, me... Hmm. Give you a little moment, how about you think? But what, it's what, just... What are you finding difficult now? Oh, very good question. Like, to th- like today? Like, because a lot of people will look up to you in your mentorships or in your coaching businesses and whatever, and they'll be like, yeah, but he's got it sussed. There'll be stuff you're finding hard today. What yeah, I think I'm very opposite to most mentors and coaches. I'm not a master of one. I like to think of myself as a master of all. Uh, and people say master of one or jack of all trades. But for me, it's probably balancing. Because I, I, the property business is scaled to a very large size, the mentorship is scaled very... It, it's taken off so, so quickly. But I And then I'm lo- looking at launching supplements now. I tend to have my hand in a little bit of everything. And it's because it excites me. Now, a lot of people will say that's shiny object syndrome and that, that dis- dis- it distracts you from things. For me, see when I was just doing check-ins or when I was just doing mentoring or just doing property, it, it feels like every day is Groundhog Day. Whereas for me, I would say the main thing that I struggled with a lot over the last 12 months was probably personal relationship, personal growth, uh, figuring out what I want, time periods of that now going like, right, well, I'm single now, so I have to recalibrate where I'm going and like what makes me happy and not even asking what makes me happy, but where do I want things to go? Do I want more money? Do I want more stress? Do I want a better quality of life? And see, for me now, yes, I want to scale things, but only if it means making more of an impact. So I'm not willing to just make more money for the sake of making it because it doesn't improve the quality of my life. I'm a very simple person. Like, I don't spend a whole lot of money. I don't run about in Rolexes and mad stuff. It's just not... For me, money's like a game. Like, just collect and reinvest and build wealth. So, like... For me, I built like a really nice passive with property that takes care of me and my family. So no matter what happens, we're safe. And for me, that pressure coming off me has been in the last, it, it only really happened there probably in September, but that financial freedom, like where I can go, nobody in my house needs to work. I don't need to work anymore. We can all live f- scot-free off the back of that passive. See that pressure, it felt like a lot of weight off me. I don't know why I've had it. Uh, probably responsibility to look after my ones because they've looked after me so much. But for me, that pressure felt very overwhelming for a long time, whereas now I actually feel like I'm entering this new phase where it's more about the enjoyment of life rather than just collecting more, more, more. I'm not about that anymore. So that's why I'm, I've am i decided I'm going to spend as little time at home as possible. I'm doing Spain for a month, America for... I'm going home for a month, Spain for, to do competitions. I, I'm home uh, for that time period, Spain for a month, America for a month, Spain for a month, and then I'm coming out here for a bit more. So me and you'll get plenty of crack out here. But I would say I still struggle with everything. Like, Joe, purpose, dry, like, it loops. Like, Are you I'm, in a now what moment? Hmm? Are you in a now what moment? Like, now what do I do? So a now what moment for us, we get a lot of people come to us when they're in a now what moment, which is they've achieved everything that they wanted to achieve. Financially, it's not a big issue. Time, they've got a lot more time. And now they're trying to pick, picture 
what do I do now? Where do I go? So what happened to me was I hit that sort of financial and I felt like I had a bit of, felt like I had a little bit left in terms of I done like this big three-year bodybuilding push and you would have seen that. I went from 77 kilos to 103. I looked like I was going to die. I looked like I was literally very close to getting diabetes. Fuck's sake. Honestly, you've walked in this room from when we last had dinner. So there's two bits of, two observational pieces here. Uh, since we last had dinner, because it's actually quite a while. I think it's about a year ago, was it? It would be, was yeah. That? Cove Beach, I think. Yeah. It's had a steak. It was a good steak. Um, Fuck. You've probably lost about 20% insofar as body fat. Probably more than that. You I've lost 25. Body, I've, body weight, sorry. You I've literally lost 25 look like, kilos. Yeah, I've lost 25% more weight. Right, yeah, especially what you look like. You literally, 25%, you've gone a lot tighter, a lot tense on a physical level, but then on an emotional level, I can really sense that, that, more, 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 more. This, this, this. I really sense us even just in this conversation is calm. We haven't spoken in a it's while. It's gone, it's yeah. Calmed down. That's yeah. really nice to see. Yeah, thank you. It's it's it's. You know what it is? It's a real. It just feels like everything's just it, not done. I tell people now I'm semi-retired. Like I know that sounds nuts, but I, I literally may as well be. And it's one of the things where like that box has been ticked for me. I don't feel the need for more and more and more unless the impact's going up. I felt like I had a little bit unfinished business with like competing and stuff. So because I'd done the long bulk, I was like, I'll die for a show here. I need to tidy up anyway. And then that sets me up for a good year or two of traveling and slowly built the mm. business. For me, the next push is going to be content. I'm building more of a following so I can impact more lives. Now, I'm 110. The goal is probably going to be to double or triple that in the next 12 months once July hits. So it'll be the following. Uh, so there will be a massive push on that. But I'm not willing to compromise the quality of my life anymore for that. So there's going to be a lot more experiences relaxed enjoying the quality of my life because for me i'm turning 28 any of you that's listening older younger the time gets quicker and you start to realize like yes i'm accumulating more money but all i kept doing with it was just buying more houses more property and scaling things and i was like i'm just gathering this absurd amount of wealth that i don't need mm. and it's a, it was an egotistical thing i think to like oh i've run this and i run that and yeah it's great don't get me wrong but for me it's not even a night what moment. I'm actually looking forward to going, I don't have to do anything I don't want to. Like, see, mm. for me, there's a lot of mentors and there's a lot of coaches, but a lot of them can't turn around and go, I can turn the key off here and live financially free anywhere in the world. And for me, having that ability now hasn't made me go, now what? It's made me go, oh, excellent. Mm. <laughs> do you know what? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm ready for that. I'm not somebody that's going to be discontent with, like, chilling out, training, eating, enjoying my food, enjoying my drinks, having the crack. I'm not the sort of person that's like, need to be constantly, mm. I'm happy enough just ticking along now. But 12 months ago, I don't think you were. No, I was very insecure. There was, there was, there was I could sense there was a speed. There was a real like, yeah, we're going to do this, 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 this. And it was like, accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. Whereas looking at you now, you're like, oh, I'm going to enjoy myself for a bit. I'm and still like the- that with clients. Like I'm, I'm like that with people that come into the mentorship. Like I am fucking on top of you. But you'll notice that I'm, you'll tell whenever you're talking to me, I'm pushing you, but I'm in a good flow. I don't need to be pulled a million directions. There's nothing worse than when somebody's pushing you and you can tell that person's stressed and not thinking clearly. Whereas I've never seen clear in my life. I feel like I've been wearing blurry glasses for the last 10 years. Mm. And the beauty is when I'm like that with myself, I can see far clear of other people's because I'm not stretched. Like I feel like I'm actually in cruise, which means that I give a far better service. I give a far better quality. I give just a better version of myself. Even the conversation we've had today or to meeting somebody, I show up better. And for me, that's what it's all about. It's about quality over just numbers and ticking. That's not what it's about. So yeah, no, I would say I still struggle with everything. Personal, you know, being too hard on yourself. That's all normal. But the thing is, 
it's just accepting that and then moving forward and as I said burying the parts as needed so that I can evolve and move forward and I'm looking forward to these next steps really what do you struggle with most of the minute being stretched at the moment TMP's been going for a growth phase the last six months need to stabilize for yeah a little bit so we've had a few systems break which is good right because evidence that your sca- scaling is your system starts to break so I'm now building that next iteration for example um, the plan is to have Dan go out and scale a global team to work with coaches that are typically at the three to six k a monthly monthly recurring revenue they have a very different puzzle set to the coaches that I yeah. solve but that's that market's huge. That market is absolutely, yeah, absolutely massive. So as a result, there's a number of different systems that need to ha- happen. There's also a number of different hires that need to happen. I'm very stringent on hiring, so it's quite hard for me to find the people that I respect and I'll put in. It's because it's easy to hire. It's hard to hire because, in my opinion, whenever I hire, I hire off character, not skills. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Attitude, skills, it's atti- hard. Atti- atti- knowledge, skills, attitude. I'll always hire for attitude over knowledge and skills because I think the right attitude. Learn them. Yeah. It's hard to teach somebody how to be a person. Yeah. It's like I heard my sister because she's actually one of the best people I know. And she might not have been unbelievable at sales or this or that. But I know she works hard. She treats people right. Yeah. She's probably the best towards being so I'm like I hired her based off that. It's not because she's found because I'm like I actually generally don't know many people that will do as right by me as you will. Mm. And for me, as you said before, trust is very hard to build. Once I have trust in you and you're working hard, I'll teach you everything you know. Skills, everything can be applied. Everything can be learned. So, yeah, no, I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. I'm, uh, I just would be very mindful for you because of how quickly things can grow and how down the rabbit hole I've been with money and pushing things. And then you just don't want the, you don't, just don't want your, I know your mission in your life is about that, but at the same time, you don't want to look back and go, this is all I did. Yeah. There like, is that fine line where you want to be able to take a holiday. You want to be able to enjoy yourself. And as you say, downtime is uptime, isn't it? Isn't that the key, key word? Correct, like, yeah. And it, it, like, are you getting enough downtime? Yeah, I still take king days on Wednesdays. I still take my days off on Saturdays. But you can remember, TMP is only... What's 20. the difference between a king day and an off day? Same thing. No, king day, I usually try and spend on my own. Or maybe one person. Right. One person max. Whereas... And off day, I'll be playing beach volleyball or oh. I'll be hanging out. So there's a, there's a bit of a difference. Um, but, you know, TMP is only 27 months old. Yeah. And also there's not many people doing in the mindset, mental performance space where they've got a team of one-to-one coaches. So it's it's a slightly different model. And you could say, well, it's just the same as one-to-one PT. You just got to go and do it there. But it's also slightly different because... In one-to-one PT, there is one framework generally that this is your calorie deficit, this is your training yep. plan, this is your programming. Whereas in what we do when you're in psychology, and particularly in the part of psychology that we're in mental performance, not just mental health, I'm having to find mental health practitioners with business and corporate and entrepreneurial experience and bridging the gap between the two that enables us to create reduced results that no one else can. So we're carving out our own little niche and it's something that's new and it's different. So what that means is there's a lot of things that need to happen so right now it's a case of building the house that a team of 20 to 30 people are going to live in whereas the team that we've got now is that six or seven of us so sometimes i found that whenever i was building though it it always felt like there was a finish line but as i kept there's building, never a finish line no, no. you've got to learn with imp- learn to live with imperfect systems and that's the I think that's, that's the, growth the key. Bit that i'm working with at the moment that's tricky because you'll always feel like there's more to do more to do and then you never take that actual mm stabilization period whereas i do that with content like and i push other things so like for example push physique the last three months 
content's been ticking, business has been ticking. I've just started to ramp up content business, but physique's going to die down now. And then I find that it still gives me a nice balance, whereas the problem is when you're pushing everything at all ends. I, it just from a outside-in perspective, it's nice because it lets me reflect. Because whenever I ask you a question like that, I immediately think of myself as well. I'm like, ooh. But I'm like, oh, I finally got that in check to some degree. To some degree. But no, everyone has the same struggles. Anyone listening to this as well, if I can ever do anything for you or you want to reach out to me on a one-to-one basis and have a conversation, I'm always open for a chat uh, and I'm always here to help to any degree. So as long as you know that. Uh, and to anyone that's listened, I just say thanks. And is there anything else you'd like to dive into? No, that's that's pretty much it from my side. Um, bit, of a one, bit of a different one, wasn't it? Yeah, we took a lot of different... Weird, a lot of weird different conversation. But good, like. The thing is, you and I love new concepts we love new ideas that's why whenever we chat the conversations always go from left to right to left to right to left to right because it's just like what's that about there's probably some stories in here what's that about yeah it was more of like a catch-up sort of chat it was (laughs) interesting so forget us as an organization what does the phrase total mental performance mean to you if you had total mental performance how would you know for me it'd feel like flow that's how i know yeah music sounds better my workflow's better my family life's good my sex life's good everything is in flow there's no bottlenecks there's no speed bumps there's no hard roads it's everything is is moving in the right direction when there is an issue it's solved it's not swept under the carpet so that's what i feel like i have now i feel like i have complete flow and that's how you know because you don't feel stretched you feel like the right balance of work to downtime you feel like the right quality of work is happening how you know you're not there is whenever for example you're spending hours working but nothing's getting done Mm. You know, you're not taking enough downtime then, you're not focused on creativity, there's there's bottlenecks. I feel like at time periods you'll always bounce in and out of it. You'll never stay in it fully, but it's reassessing that then restructuring your week, taking a downtime here, taking a day off here, taking time off here, and to get back in it is the key. But yeah, does that make... Yeah. For me, it's flow. It's whenever you are doing days and weeks and everything feels good. It doesn't feel like, you know, time's passing you by. It feels like you're still enjoying every moment as you go. It's like... I walk around the marina or at home with like deep house with non lyrics on it with a cup of coffee even at home even if it's raining and like I'll take a dander if it's drizzling and I just feel great and it, my creativity's flowing my headspace is good there's not negative even if there's been shit going on and for me that is like whenever you can't get knocked it's like the the attitude of gratitude really is the probably the best way to put it for me that's where I want it yeah yeah hundred percent nice note to finish love that. Where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram at Tony McAlevey or at The Coach's Mentorship. Uh, but yeah, Instagram's probably the best place to get me. Now, don't get me wrong, I have YouTube and I have TikTok, but Instagram's probably my biggest platform. That's the best place to get me if you want me. And if I can ever do anything for anyone, please don't be afraid to shout. Uh, thank you very much for having me on, big man. It's been a pleasure. It's been good fun, huh? Yeah, it has. All right, team. Well, look, please share this to your story. Drop us both a tag into the podcast. We're trying to bring Total Mental Performance Podcast out to the world. Ultimately, we just want everybody to realize that it doesn't matter who you look up to. Everybody's had struggle. Everybody finds things difficult. And that doesn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just your relationship with struggle. It's your relationship with things that are difficult. And the more that we can put this out to the world, the better. So big love and thank you. Thank you.
So that's us for today, team. I want to say a huge thank you for spending this portion of your life listening to us. A couple of things before you disappear. If you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find all of our daily content on mindset and hitting peak performance at Total Mental Performance or our website, www.totalmentalperformance.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You'll find us on Spotify, uh, the Apple Podcasts, and all the other various different platforms. Big love. Thank you ever so much. And we're looking forward to speaking with you soon.